The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The June 28th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of June 28, 2023. Title IX Experience. Two Orcus women finally honored with college varsity letters. Washington clerks gather in Friday Harbor. Ag Guild announces $26,000 available for Farm Fund Awards. Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. From the Islands Sounder, Title IX Experience. Two Orcus Women Finally Honored with College Varsity Letters by Toby Cooper In 1973, Orcus resident Bethany Riles, a standout college athlete in track, cross-country, field hockey, and basketball, got lucky. She fortuitously enrolled in Western Washington University in year two of the revolutionary legislative achievement known as Title IX. As it turns out, the energetic Riles needed no more luck to carve a lifetime of joy and achievement. Title IX was intended for all academic programs, including math and science, says Riles, adding that to most Americans, the law has become synonymous with girls' and women's sports. Anybody who took federal money was required to have equal slots. It began in 1972, when then-Senator Birch Bay of Indiana noted that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 addressed discrimination in employment but not in education. He drafted language, concise and direct at 37 words, that became the ninth section of the Education Amendments of 1972, prohibiting discrimination based on sex in all education programs and activities that receive federal financial assistance. Forever known as Title IX, it changed the lives of millions. Last month, Riles and fellow Orcus friend Robin McCain had the honor of returning to WWU for a special event at which some 200 women from those early Title IX years were finally awarded their varsity letters. Still, the early days of Title IX were rough. Despite the law requiring equal participation, Riles and McCain remember that nobody had any budgets. The big story of our weekend was remembering how we had to sell cookies so you could buy team shirts, said Riles. We stuck our names on with tape and painted our numbers on the back. To this day, she carries no remorse. To me, the deal was, we didn't care. We were just thrilled we finally got to play. McCain, a competitive swimmer since the age of five, entered WWU two years before Riles. She had suffered burnout at an early age, recounting how she was one of those kids who got up at five for morning workouts, then went to school and swam again after school. But later, with Title IX in effect, the WWU athletic department asked her and Olympic swimmer Kate Hall to start the university's first-ever women's team. They did so with drive and passion. 
and soon their young swimmers ranked 14th in the nation. But, like Bethany, says McCain, with the same boundless joy as her friend, we just wanted to play. Both Ryells and McCain recognize the huge metamorphosis Title IX has brought about. Today, you talk to young women who have grown up on sports teams with all the uniforms and gear and transportation they need. They don't realize that we did everything for ourselves, she said. These kids need to understand it's their shoulders that will be needed next to support the future generations. It could be cookie sales and cheap motels again if we don't stay vigilant. According to Rayals, just like the more perfect union, the reality is not there yet, and much more needs to be done. Still, McCain believes our culture has changed. For example, today's fathers have become more involved with their daughters' athletic careers. They have become advocates, she says with a smile. Riles spoke of once watching a sixth-grade boy shooting baskets alone at lunch. She could hear him talking to himself, checking his own form. But rather than pretending to be two-time MVP Steph Curry, with each shot he would say, And I'm Sue Bird. And I said right out loud, Yes, you are. At the mention of star Seattle Storm point guard Sue Bird, Ryles and McCain reflected on the downstream effects of Title IX at the professional level. The original law addressed parity in participation, but a conversation has emerged around much more. Parity in pay, in opportunities, in everything. Bird and others, including her famous pro-soccer partner Megan Rapino, have campaigned relentlessly for pay parity. Women need to know they deserve this, McCain added. She finds some female athletes now make more money as social media influencers, where they can bypass the traditional male-dominated marketplace for product endorsements. Early resistance came from some of the very institutions that stood to benefit the most. The NAIA, National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, didn't want anything to do with women's sports, said Ryles. When we won the National Two-Mile Relay Championship, we got these pretty trophies from the AIUW, Association of Intercollegiate Athletics for Women, because the NAIA went to court to try to exclude athletics from Title IX. The litigation and appeals took 10 years to play out, but the net effect was the AIUW became the original body of Women Organizing for Women. Rayals recalls her early years with WWU. In those days, she says with some amusement, the men's P.E. was called Physical Education and Athletics. The women's P.E. was Physical Education, Health, Recreation, and Dance. Women didn't do athletics, and men didn't dance. I always said that was just too bad. Bellingham resident Terry McMahon herself a volleyball and tennis star, also entered WWU just as Title IX passed through the U.S. Congress. The new law afforded her a path to a career in coaching and teaching. 
In 2022, McMahon approached the WWU administrators with the idea of awarding hundreds of much-deserved varsity letters at a 50th anniversary celebration. It took off from there, she said of her first meeting. But first, she had to locate all WWU's female athletic participants from 1968 to 1981. Daunting, to say the least, in a society where name changes and multiple moves are commonplace. I first located 15 women in Bellingham, she said. Each of them was assigned 15 more. In ever-widening search strategies leveraged off the Internet, friendships, rumors, partners, ex-husbands, whatever it took, eventually they located over 350 women. It was an emotional weekend for all of us. The women were being applauded for something that the men had been routinely recognized for for decades, she says. But the richness of the Title IX legacy lives on. McMahon believes that this unambiguous, straight-talking law has changed the nation to the point where we now have had multiple generations of boys and girls growing up, playing side-by-side, thinking nothing of it. Kids today don't know any different. It has enabled women to find a voice that they never had before, she said. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Washington Clerks Gather in Friday Harbor by Kelly Balcom Bartuck. San Juan Island hosted the annual summer conference of the Washington State Association of County Clerks last week. Washington State has 39 counties, with 39 independently elected or appointed county clerks from across the state. This year, Friday Harbor was selected as the host destination for the week-long educational conference. According to San Juan County Clerk Lisa Henderson, the gathering is a combination of educational opportunities, review of legislative priorities for the next year, and provides clerks with information about legislation that has passed. Henderson was the legislative chair this year, so not only did she organize the event as designated host, but she also gave a presentation to the attendees. This year, we've had more attendees than anyone can remember, says Henderson. We had 36 of 39 counties represented here. After the day-long meetings ended, we were able to take a whale watch tour as part of our evening activities. We saw whales, so everyone was thrilled. Then we took the Jolly Trolley for a three-hour tour, and people loved that. We caught the sunset at the lighthouse and did lighthouse tours. For Henderson, the advantage of these conferences is it provides the chance for clerks to get together and learn how the other offices are working. It's a big networking thing, says Henderson. Because we are all independently elected officials or appointed, we all do things a little bit differently. What works in King County doesn't work in San Juan County, because in King County you've got a lot of specialists, so they do one thing, but in a county like ours, my staff has to do all kinds of sorts of things. It's a place for us to get together and bounce ideas off each other. We figure out where we can align and be consistent and figure out what we're doing differently and try and hone our skills and our processes, adds Henderson. It's a real learning opportunity for all of us. 
We then take it back to our offices and you see changes. And we get our staff all mad at us because we change everything because we learn something and we implement it. From the Islands Weekly, Ag Guild announces $26,000 available for Farm Fund Awards. The San Juan Islands Agricultural Guild, Ag Guild, and partners throughout the San Juan Islands are excited to announce that applications are now being accepted for the 2023 Farm Fund Awards. Thanks to generous donations from San Juan Island Grange, number 966, and other community members, the Farm, Food, Agriculture, Relationships, and Markets Fund has $26,900 to distribute this cycle. Producers throughout San Juan County are eligible to apply for grants of up to $500 and microloans of up to $2,500. The Farm Fund supports projects in San Juan County that nurture and restore soil health, protect the climate, water resources, and biodiversity, and enhance farm productivity and profitability. Established in 2015 by the Orcas Food Co-op and now a county-wide program of the Ag Guild, the Farm Fund helps to develop regenerative agriculture in San Juan County while increasing food resiliency and the availability of healthy and nutritious local food. To learn more about the Farm Fund and to apply, please visit sjiagguild.com. Now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's log. On June 14th, a Lopez deputy responded when an early morning commuter headed to the ferry swerved when a deer jumped in front of them. Their vehicle went into a ditch. No damage was done to the vehicle, the ditch, or the deer. However, the driver did miss their ferry. Now, did the deer give a statement to corroborate that report from the driver, or are we just taking their word for it? A San Juan deputy radioed that he was attempting to catch up to a vehicle that was driving recklessly. Another deputy located the vehicle and performed a traffic stop, arresting the driver for DUI and reckless driving. It is estimated that the vehicle was traveling at over 100 miles per hour. On June 15th, a deputy on San Juan received a report of a kayaker who was in the water. The kayaker, who was retrieved with assistance from San Juan Fire, suffered minor injuries. On June 17th, a deputy responded to a report of a parking violation on San Juan. The vehicle was located in a disabled parking space with no placard displayed, and the driver was issued a parking citation for the violation. On June 18th, a deputy on San Juan responded to a report of an unwanted person. The person was asked to leave and, in the process, destroyed the resident's property. Destroyed the resident's property? A Lopez citizen called for a deputy to check on a man wandering aimlessly on Ferry Road. The deputy contacted the person and learned he was a recently released parolee sponsored by local church members. A records check was performed and a report was written. On San Juan, a deputy responded to an issue of an unruly passenger on the ferry. 
The passenger refused to leave the ferry and was arrested for criminal trespassing, taken into custody, and booked. Perhaps they didn't want to get off the ferry so they would be sure that they would be able to get on the ferry when they wanted to leave. For a second time, Lopez deputies were dispatched to a report of a suspicious acting man. No crime had occurred. Deputies located a shopping bag the man had misplaced and directed him to his home. A deputy on San Juan responded to a report of vandalism. The reporting party stated an individual they knew had left destroyed flowers on their front porch and possibly dented their front door. This concludes the June 28th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this summer with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events, including the free summer concert series, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.